0: Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation.
1: Now, you say that an attitude of service is the most important aspect of a healthy family. To be honest
2: with you, that's the thing that turned my marriage around. My attitude had been, look, woman, I know how to have a good marriage. If you listen to me, we'll have one. (laughs) And she wouldn't listen to me, and I blamed her for our poor marriage. But that day, I got a different message. And I just said to God, Lord, forgive me. With all my study in Greek and Hebrew and theology, I missed the whole point.
1: I'm Jim Burns. Now you may be too young to remember this, maybe not, but do you remember the show Leave It to Beaver? There was Ward and June Cleaver. Well, in the past, media portrayed people like Ward and June Cleaver as the ideal family. Ozzie and Harriet Nelson were also standard bearers in this category many years ago, at least during my time when I was growing up. Well, over the years, many other media-created families have been looked upon as ideal. There was Howard and Marion Cunningham from Happy Days, Cliff and Claire Huxtable on The Cosby Show, Even blended families like the Brady Bunch made family life look so easy. Well, deep down, we all want to believe that our homes can be that perfect home. However, the reality is that life is messy. We bump into each other, even in our families, and it takes a lot more work to get things right than it does in a half-hour sitcom. Well, fortunately, the good news is that we can create the kind of home life God wants us to experience. And today on Homeward, I'm going to talk with best-selling author in one of my favorite interviews, Dr. Gary Chapman, about some practical ways for doing this. Creating the family you've always wanted is our topic today, so stay with us right
0: here on Homeward. From the studios at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University, welcome to Homeward with parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns. Roger Marsh here. In just a moment, you're about to hear part one of Dr. Gary Chapman and Dr. Jim Burns' conversation on creating the family you've always wanted. Yes, it is possible we don't have to have our family circumstances created by circumstance and chance. We can be very intentional. And that's something Dr. Jim Burns stresses in his book, Teenology, and also his book, Confident Parenting. If you'd like more information on how you can get a copy of either or both of those books, You'll want to visit our online resource center today at homeward.com. Again, confident parenting and teenology at homeward.com. And now with part one of today's conversation, here's Jim. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns,
1: one of my favorite guests today, Dr. Gary Chapman. We're talking about creating the family you've always wanted internationally respected marriage and family expert, probably my favorite, with more than 35 years of counseling experience, author of numerous books, including the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages, host of a weekly radio broadcast called Building Relationships, lives in North Carolina with his wife, Carolyn. Great to have you back with us. Thank you, Jim. Always good to be with you. It is. I love your voice. Just, I I feel comfortable, you know, all of a sudden (laughs) as as you're talking, what is it like to have a New York Times bestseller? I mean, this Five Love Languages, when I speak, I always talk about it, I'll say, how many of you have read it? And when I speak on marriage, there is not another book that I've ever mentioned that so many hands go up. What's it like to just have this thing continue to be an incredible
2: seller? Well, you know, Jim, it's real exciting and humbling because I realize it's not something I'm doing. <laughs> the book just continues to go and yeah. go. You know, it's almost uh, up to 5 million now in this country. Isn't that amazing? And it's been translated in 36 languages around the world. Right. So, And I get a lot of good feedback from people yeah. who say, you know, we were struggling and somebody gave us that
1: book right. and it just changed our lives. Kathy and I, I mean, it really has helped us. It helped us have a, a language to talk about. And, you know, it's caused me to do a little bit more vacuuming, but you know, <laughs> I'm going I'm to let you go on that. At the same time, today we're talking about an incredible, brand new book, The Family You've Always Wanted, Five Ways You Can Make It Happen. I just read the book, and I love the book, and yet at the very beginning, as we're talking about marriage, you said six months after marriage, I was more miserable than I had been in 23 years. Before marriage, I dreamed about how happy I would be. Now my dream had become a nightmare. So you didn't always have the perfect marriage with Carolyn. No, Jim, we had a hard time for several years. I mean, it
2: didn't go away overnight. You know, back then, I don't know if there were marriage counselors around, but nobody ever told us about a marriage counselor. I don't know if they had books on marriage, but no one ever gave us a book on marriage. Everybody seemed to say, you know, if you're Christian, you're in love. You know, you should be happy. Yeah, we were Christians, and we were in love. At least before we got married, we right. were in
1: love. Well, you know, when, when you talk about family, you, you can't deal with family issues really without talking about marriage. Is that right? right. Yeah, because marriage is the central you know, focus on the
2: on the. Them. you're married before you have children, hopefully. Right. Not always the right. case, that but you know, that's, the case. that's kind of the design. Right. You know, and so you're going to be married. And, and when the kids leave, you're still going to be married, we hope. So there's going to be a whole segment of life on either side of children that is just the two of you.
1: And let's face it, the children wouldn't do very well if they didn't have parents. Right. No, you're exactly right. And, well, there's a lot of children who aren't doing very well because of that exact issue. Now, you say that an attitude of service is the most important aspect of a a healthy family. I want you to speak about
2: that. Well, I really believe this is true. What really makes marriage work, what really makes uh, a family work is an attitude of service. And, and Jim, to be honest with you, that's the thing that turned my marriage around. You know, I, I remember when I said to God in desperation, I don't know what else to do. I've done everything I know to do, and this marriage is not getting any better. And I was in seminary studying to be a pastor, and I'm thinking, this is not going to work. There's no way I can get up and preach hope to people and be this miserable at home. And when I prayed that prayer and just said to God, I don't know what else to do, there came to my mind a visual image of Jesus on his knees washing the feet of his followers. And I heard God say, that's the problem in your marriage. You don't have that attitude toward your wife. And I knew it was right my attitude had been, look, woman, I know how to have a good marriage. If you listen to me, we'll have one. (laughs) And she wouldn't listen to me, and I blamed her for our poor marriage. But that day, I got a different message. And I just said to God, Lord, forgive me. With all my study in Greek and Hebrew
1: and theology, I missed the whole point. It's amazing that we can know so much about certain issues, but then not do it. And I think the same comes with families. You're saying that beginning to teach our children the same aspect of of serving easy for little children when you say okay now we're going to go do this they'll typically yeah. come along with it but once we get to kind of the teenage years much tougher to have them learn that service is an important thing yeah, yeah. and i deal with in
2: the book some ways to help children get into this thing of yeah. service uh, you know for example having a daily report time perhaps at a meal in which every family member gets to tell something they did for someone else mm-hmm. today and so little Johnny says, well, you know, Mary's pencil dropped off the table, and I took it and sharpened it and brought it back yeah. to her. And everybody says, yay, Johnny! <laughs> yeah. And so so what, what happens is we are raising service
1: to something really, really important, and we're affirming people for service that yeah. they're doing. You know, I think that's so important, Gary, because a lot of times as parents, we'll affirm them, well, your hair looks nice, or we affirm them for some of those outward things. But really, service is more character issues. Right. And if we can catch them doing something right and applaud them for that and teach them that, that that is a part of, of living not only is it gonna be happier in your family but they're gonna have happier families because they're gonna learn it earlier than than some of us
2: yeah and hopefully our children are gonna learn it a whole lot sooner than I did Right. right. <laughs> but you know when I when I really when my heart was changed when I said to God give me the mm-hmm. attitude of Christ right. then I started asking my wife three questions and these li- literally changed our marriage honey what could I do to help you yeah uh, how could I be a better husband to you mm-hmm. how can I make your life easier And when I asked those three questions, she freely gave me answers, (laughs) (laughs) and I let her teach me how I could serve her as Christ served his disciples. And within two or three months, she started asking me those questions. Mm. And so here we are now learning how to serve each other. And we've been walking this road a long time. I have an incredible wife. I said to her the other day, I said, you know, honey, if every woman in the world was like you, there'd never be a divorce. I mean, why is a man going to leave a woman who's doing everything she can to help him? Right. And my goal through these years, Jim, has been to so serve her that when I'm gone, she'll never find another man <laughs> <laughs> to treat her the way I've treated
1: her. <laughs> that's, that's great. My wife likes our dogs so well that I've actually teased her that I've said, you know, I think sometimes you like, we call him Hobie. It's uh-huh. a golden retriever. I think uh-huh. sometimes you like Hobie. She says, well, you know what? Hobie always greets me. Uh, with a smile <laughs> uh, you know Hobie is very attentive to me and I thought boy I think my wife's trying to make me be a dog but you know it's, it, is the, it is the right uh, story that uh, you're saying and interesting enough you said something that, that I want to move on for just a second you said I asked those three questions and I served her and then three months later she began to it means sometimes you're in a relationship and you You have to take the lead, and it may be three months, it may be three years, but you still are a better person for taking the lead. That's right. And and, you you can't
2: predict another person's response. You can't make somebody respond to you. There are spouses who genuinely reach out and serve the other person, and they don't reciprocate, just as God reaches out and serves us, and many people don't reciprocate to God. So we can't control that. But if they don't respond in service to you, You're exactly right. You feel better about yourself because you know
1: you've done the right thing. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, you know, all of us have a, I think, a God-given need and a longing for closeness. And the second ingredient that you give for having the family you've always wanted is that husband and wives actually relate intimately with each other. When a guy thinks of intimacy, they think of kind of sex, probably. Yeah. But really, you're talking much more about some other issues uh, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, physical much more of a connection. And actually, do typically women get that easier than men? Well, I
2: think women are expecting that <clears throat> more than men. I think you're exactly right. When you say intimacy to men, they normally just think sex. Right. And what they fail to recognize is if there's not intimacy in these other areas, and the word intimacy, you know, comes from the word inner. It's sharing the inner person with each other. And so it means we share intellectually. And so I talk about intellectual intimacy. And some people say, well, I'm not very intellectual. Well, all of us are intellectual. <laughs> it right. means we have thoughts, you know. Right. And so uh, we're reading uh, newspapers, we're listening to TV, we're reading magazines, and all sorts of thoughts run through our mind during the day. And intellectual intimacy means that somewhere along the line during the day, we share with each other. You know, honey, here's something I read this morning. It's very, very interesting. And it can be on any topic, but you're sharing with each other some of the thoughts that course through your mind right. every day, and you have this sense, we're close
1: to each other. We're, we're tuned into each other. We're learning from each other. Right. No, it's, that, that's so good. Listen, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Gary Chapman with us. What a privilege to have him. Creating the family you've always wanted. Interestingly enough, we're talking a lot about marriage, and one of the reasons we're doing that is because a healthy marriage
0: produces a healthy family as well. We'll be right back. I'm Jim Burns. Don't go away. More to come. We are broadcasting, of course, from the studios at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University on today's edition of the Homeward Broadcast. APU has more than 53 undergraduate majors and 21 credential programs, five certificates, seven doctorates. There's a degree program, a relevant degree program for you at APU, and you can complete that online, too, so don't let the the dream... Just stay a dream. If you want to complete your education, go to APU online for more information on that. And Homeward is here to help you and equip you with the encouragement that you need. If you missed any part of this program, go to homeward.com where we're always streaming audio or sign up to start receiving our program via podcast through iTunes. Hit the podcast button when you go to homeward.com. And now here's Dr. Jim Burns with the conclusion of today's program.
1: Welcome back. I'm Jim Burns. Gary Chapman with us today. Always a privilege to have Gary. I just love it when Gary comes in because he gives such practical, helpful advice on marriage and family. Today, brand new book. Absolutely brand new book. Creating the family you've always wanted is our topic. The book is called The Family You've Always Wanted. Five ways you can make it happen. Again, by Gary Chapman. Again, privilege to have him with us. Gary, one of the most important aspects as we talk about intimacy, and I think it's often ignored, is the spiritual intimacy. It seems to be so crucial in a marriage relationship, crucial in a child relationship as well, but it seems like even people who are strong Christ followers have a hard time leaning into this whole spiritual intimacy. A couple of questions. Why do they have a hard time? And then secondly, what can we do to develop the spiritual intimacy? Because we do have this longing to be close spiritually. Yeah, I think the reason we have a hard time is because we
2: have an enemy. Uh, who does not want us to share spiritual intimacy mm-hmm. you know if, if he can keep us living yeah. in isolation yeah. you know it's just you and god that's what's important don't worry about <laughs> sharing this with anybody else then you know then our impact on the world is minimal uh, but if we can build spiritual intimacy in the marriage then we're more likely to reach out in the spiritual realm to talk to other people right. i think the way or at least some ways we do that uh, are simple things uh, and, and let me just say this, you know, I have a lot of wives who say to me, I wish my husband would be more spiritual. Mm. I wish he would take more spiritual leadership. And when I say, well, what do you mean by that? They will say such things as, I wish he would lead devotions in the home. Well, that certainly is a worthy thing, and uh, I, I can see that as leadership. I sometimes say to them, uh, does your husband work, make money and bring it home? And oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, well, give them credit for that. Because you know, the Bible says if a man doesn't provide for his own family, he's worse than an infidel. So he, he's, that's a spiritual thing. Right. He's working. That's right. spiritual. He's helping, yeah. you know, following the biblical admonition. So uh, I think we have a lot of uh, struggles, people thinking about spiritual leadership, but it's very fuzzy in their minds. So I like to talk about spiritual intimacy, mm-hmm. the husband and the wife sharing the spiritual life. Let's face it. We're not always uh, on the same page spiritually. I mean, sometimes you have a husband who's been a Christian for 10 years, a wife who's been a Christian for one year, and hopefully he's far more, you know, mature in understanding the faith and living the faith than she is. You don't have to be on the same level to have spiritual intimacy. What you do have to do is share your journey with each other. Going to church together, yeah, that's a shared spiritual experience, assuming you sit together uh, or even if you don't sit together, if one of you sings in the choir and the other's teaching a Bible class, you share it when you get home. You say, "You know what what happened in the class today or or I really like the the hymn today or whatever, But if you sit together in church, I suggest that you hold hands when the pastor prays. Hmm. Just the simple act of reaching over and holding hands says to the other person, We're in this thing together, you and me and God, and when you sing a hymn or a praise song. You hear your spouse saying those words, singing those words. It does something to you internally. You know? you, again, you think, well, we're, we're, we're together in this. We're both focusing on God. So I think, I think the, the experience in church can build spiritual intimacy. Certainly praying together can build spiritual intimacy. But you know, Jim, what I find is not not more than 15% of married couples pray together if you don't count giving thanks for the food. (laughs) And so what I do in my marriage seminars, I teach people how to pray together silently. So I say, you know, you hold hands, you close your eyes, you pray silently, and when you get through praying, you say, amen, so they'll know you're through. And then they say, amen, you know they're through, and you pray together. And I I say to them, I said, now, I think that the most timid soul among us could do that. Anybody here thinks you could not do that. And I say, now let's practice the mechanics. Just hold hands, close your eyes, pray silently, say amen. And and the reality is, if they start praying together silently every night, about six months down the road, there's going to be something that's so heavy on one of their hearts, they
1: will pray out loud. And when they break the sound barrier... Now they're praying out loud. You know, it's interesting you say that. I'm thinking back to when I do marriage conferences, I oftentimes, at the toward the end, I will do a time of communion, and then I'll invite the people to pray if they want. And I say, you can do it silently, you can do it together. More emotion comes when they have been praying together. In fact, there's times when I've said, I'd sure like to get these people back because, you know, they're off doing exactly what we want them to do. But, you know, there are tears, there's emotions because it's drawing them together in a a way that almost nothing else draws them together. And it's an incredible intimate moment. Right. Having the privilege to kind of sit back and and watch them. Yet, one of the things that you said, I want to take off on it is, you know, you're you're talking about they wish their husbands would lead in devotions. and. I think a family should just do devotions. You know, for years, I would do the devotions at our family. And it's funny because I'm a youth speaker and my kids were little. And finally, Kathy, who has an early childhood background and she works with kids who have learning disabilities, she's an incredible communicator. That way, in terms of helping with kids, one day she said, "No offense, but the girls—all three girls—are they're kind of bored because you're you're kind of giving them three points. <laughs> and a you, you know, these are not adults." So I said, in my passive-aggressive way, "Fine, you you go ahead." <laughs> and so she takes a storybook out. They don't even realize it's devotions, and they act out, you know, some scripture, and it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We were spiritually intimate because I watched my wife do a great job. She yes. was better than me at yes. it. Yes, yes. And it's not that I don't have some spiritual leadership in the home, but she did a better job doing devotions. Now, there are times when yeah. she would say, It's your turn now. Right. Jim. Yeah. But interestingly enough, I changed my style because I watched her. And I think what I heard you say on that is sometimes, even in a family, what we need to do is the kids could even Surely. You know, lead
2: this. Yeah just doing it in yeah, some way. Absolutely. I think yeah. as the children get older, to let them read a verse in the Bible right. and tell what they think it means and how it applies to their life. And then, of course, you mentioned the drama thing, working, you right. know, if it's a story, they can act out the story. Yeah, right. I think, uh, and what, what we did as our kids were coming along, we kind of passed it around, you know, right. not necessarily going in order always, yep. but kind of right. pass it around and let different people choose the the scripture or the story or whatever, you know, we're reading. And, uh, but, yeah, I, I think the husband's role, as I see it, is to take the lead in seeing that that's done. Right.
1: It's not that he does it all the time, but he expresses interest in it and wants to see that as a part of their yeah, lives. That, that's a great point and, and something if our, any of our listeners are not having that experience, it's almost like the illustration you gave about praying silently. Just start. And, you know, I say kiss. Keep it short and simple. Yes. But make it happen. You tell a story in, in your brand-new book, The Family You've Always Wanted. You tell a story about your daughter and how at bedtime rituals, how that kind of influenced her life. You would pray for a missionary doctor, and it influenced your own daughter when she was little. Tell us that story. Yeah,
2: it's very, very interesting. Uh, She
1: met a doctor by the name of Dr. Al Hood.
2: He was a physician, a surgeon, actually, uh, in Thailand. And he would come home, and he would show these gory slides in <laughs> church <George, laughs> of a hatchet in some man's head and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and our daughter had exposure to this. So she started praying for Dr. Hood. Every night she would pray for Dr. Hood. And, uh, and then on Friday nights, we had college kids over to our house, and often we had medical students at the local medical school. And she would stand around and listen to these medical students talk. And those two things, praying for Dr. Hood every night and talking to these medical students, she was about 10 years old when she said to us, When I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor. And we said, Well, honey, that's great. You know, if that's what God wants you to do, I said, well, That's going to be wonderful. She never changed her mind, never wavered. She got to high school, she took three years of chemistry. She took three years of Latin, <laughs> and, you know, she moved right on through college, right on through med school and residency and fellowship, and, and uh, she's now maternal-fetal, high-risk pregnancies, and absolutely loves what she's doing. But it was rooted in the family, you know, the prayer time and our having people over at our house that she could interact with.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate that. That's an incredible story. Thanks so much for being with us. You've got to come back next time. We've got more to talk about. Thank you. Gary Chapman. By the way, great book, The family, you've always wanted five ways you can make that happen.
0: Roger? It is a great book. It's a very, very helpful and practical book. But then again, what else would you expect from Dr. Gary Chapman? A frequent guest here on the Homeward broadcast, and uh, we are so grateful to be spending time with him today. Of course, he'll be with us on the next edition of the program as well, because we want to continue this conversation. So glad you've joined us today on Homeward with parenting and family expert, Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh. Creating the family you've always wanted is our theme. And Jim, uh, as parents are listening to this program right now, and they might Here is talking more about marriage than about parenting, but as you're quick to point out, it's so important for us to be intentional in every aspect of family life, whether it be our parenting season or the marriage season. Well, I think you're right, Roger. A lot of us really have
1: a great deal of desire to have our marriages grow, but we get so tied into the family. Get so tied into maybe needy kids or homework or whatever it is that we don't focus on our marriage. And and actually what I hear Gary saying, and I know Gary so well to know that he's talking about it all times, if we want our family to function well. If we're married, we're going to have to work on our marriages and probably make that the priority. You have to be intentional about this. You have to be deliberate about connecting with your spouse first. It doesn't mean you give your spouse as much time as your kids sometimes, because your kids could be more needy depending on the age, but they even need to see that. Not just the other day, I gave Kathy a kiss in front of my girls. My girls are now in their early 20s. And they said, hey, you guys need to do more of that. And I thought to myself, we're not sharing our affection as much as perhaps we used to in front of our girls. And yet, They're in their 20s and they, instead of laughing at us or telling us to go get a room, they actually said, hey, you guys should do that more often. Mm -hmm. I thought that was Pretty interesting. You know, another aspect of this is we've got to be good listeners, and listening is the language of love. And I appreciate Gary talking about this because families where they really listen to each other, not just tell them what's right, or, you know, I always have the right answer in my humble opinion for my kids or whatever, but if I'll listen and if I'll listen to Kathy, I'm going to be more effective as a husband, I'm going to be more effective as a father. Then, lastly, just one last tip we've got to commit to regular one on one times, regular one on one times with our kids, but also regular one-on-one times with each other as a couple. You know, Kathy and I have been married now for over 30 years. It seems like it just happened. Every time I say the word 30, I go, that is so long. And I say, I'm so old. (laughs) But, you know, since we've been married, we've had these non-negotiable date nights. And and I'm really trying to do more stuff with her. I'm going to be honest. I'm saying this on the radio. I don't like to shop. In fact, having three daughters and a wife, there is some shopping (laughs) in my life. right, right this past Christmas, I decided that I would go with Kathy to kind of help her do the shopping. And I'll be honest, I kind of just faked it. I'd say, what do you want to do tonight? And she'd go, I need to do some shopping. And I'd go, well, let me kind of let me come along after she fell off of her chair. (laughs) I would go and I actually enjoyed it because I kind of would flirt with her. I'd kind of talk. There were times, yes, that I went and sat down while she was doing stuff, but I just found that, you know what, Kathy really appreciated me being present with her on that. Mm -hmm. She actually, I think, Realize that, you know, I only have so long I can do the shopping thing. And so we did it for a shorter time. And then we'd go get iced tea, you know, hot coffee, whatever it may be. But I really felt like we connected over the holidays, partly because I was willing to kind of be the listener and kind of do some of the one-on-one stuff. Not a date, but, you know, just spending more time with them. And I think it's going to help a lot when you try to become the family that you've always wanted to be you've got to be intentional about it. I guess that's my theme today.
0: Intentionality is key. And our thanks again to be intentional here to thank Dr. Gary Chapman for joining Dr. Jim Burns in studio today as we've been talking about creating the family you've always wanted. Gary's book, The Family You Always Wanted, is a book that we highly recommend here at Homeward. Also, if you're looking for a good parenting or marriage resource, you want to check out Dr. Jim's available books. He's written a lot of them. And uh, the one that Dr. Jim Burns wrote with his wife, Kathy, comes to mind. Closer. It's a marriage devotional book like nothing else you've ever seen. And if you'd like ordering information For the book, Closer, How to Have Some Faith Conversations with Your Spouse, go to Homeward.com. Now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer, Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to join us again next time right here for another edition of Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.